Hello everyone on the podcast. This is a special bonus episode I got for you today, straight up out of the um, home office slash dining room table. Um, you know, I was just thinking about, it's probably more like leadership thoughts right here, right now. Um, and it sort of like is launched out of the John Maxwell Leadership Bible. If you do not have the John Maxwell Leadership Bible, um, get it. Pro tip, if you jump on the Bible Gateway, everyone on the Bible Gateway, you, you pay like four bucks a month or six bucks a month or something, and you have access to commentaries, um, different types of encyclopedias, you have access to um, all of that sort of stuff, including the John Maxwell Leadership Bible. So you can pull up any scripture, and John Maxwell, the leadership legend, has written about it. Not everyone, but a lot of them and he pulls out leadership lessons. And so I wanted just to highlight one of those right here that I was reading. And I think it's really relevant to leaders probably today where we're like kind of all in new territory with the whole COVID-19 and, you know, crazy new world we're entering into. Um, and so I thought I'd just jump in, give us a bit of a um, leadership thought. And hey, if you like it, subscribe like, I don't know, whatever you do with podcasts, you should do it, comment, whatever, I don't know. Um, but this uh, particular teaching comes out of Luke uh, chapter 22, starting in verse 39, and it's where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemanes. And uh, the title of this is Leaders and Their Gethsemanes. Leaders and Their Gethsemanes. Um, so it says this in Luke 22 and verse 39, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He will. Um, he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood and fell, fell to the ground. When he rose from the prayer and he went back to the disciples, he found them asleep and exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? He asked. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Leaders and their Gethsemanes. So at times, all leaders, they feel alone. Um, and at times, uh, most of the time, they feel alone when they are pioneering in new territory. In this particular scripture, we see Jesus enduring one of his most loneliest times in the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, it's just our this scene happens just hours before he would be tried and tortured and crucified. And his entire team, who's, who's been working closely with for the past three years, has deserted him. You know, his story, this story in the garden provides us with one of the greatest examples in history of a leader's commitment. Um, I think every leader who does something significant for God, they go through a season of Gethsemane or they experience a Gethsemane moment. And so uh, looking at this scripture, what can we learn about this lonely season? What happens in the Gethsemane, what happens in that place of Gethsemane? Um, and, you know, what, what can we do to make the most of it, even if it feels difficult? But what can we expect in the Gethsemane? 
Well, Gethsemane is a place where the first point is this. I've got five different ones. The first one is this. It's where the spiritual battle occurs. If you look in verse 40, he's uh, praying that he's not going to fall into temptation. He's asking God to take this cup away from him, this cup of suffering that he's about to go through. He's saying, you know, God, I don't want to do... And he's in the middle of a spiritual battle. And the spiritual battle is between his will and God's will. You know, oftentimes we think the spiritual battle is going to be us versus demons or, you know, us versus death. No, it's a lot of times it's our will versus God's will and what we want to do versus what God wants to do. And we need to wrestle um, in the spirit and say, God, I don't want to fall into the temptation of following my own way, of doing what's comfortable. I don't want to do just what makes me feel good. God, I want to have your will. And so Jesus says, you know, yet not my will, but yours be done. That was a killer blow to his his own will in the spiritual battle here. When he prays, not my will, but yours be done. That was the final strike against his own will in the battle. So in the place of Gethsemane, that's the place where the spiritual battle occurs. The Gethsemane is the place where number two, loneliness is felt. It says in verse 41 that he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. So he was going through this. Sometimes you're going to go through it alone. Um, especially I imagine when they fell asleep and he realized that he was by himself. You know what? Lo- leadership can be lonely because no one else is carrying what you're carrying. No one else is thinking about the things that you're thinking about. No one else is dealing with the problems you're dealing with. Non-leaders, they're thinking about themselves or they're thinking about the problem immediately in front of them. Good leaders are thinking about uh, the future. Good leaders are managing the entire thing. Good leaders are thinking about how all the pieces fit together. And that can be lonely because not everyone is thinking about those things. Not everyone is considering how this decision is going to affect that person or how this, how if we pull this, it's going to affect that over there or, you know... I know this is a good idea, but it's not going to fit into our overall strategy. You know, leaders can feel lonely, but that's part of the significant moment. That's what sets us apart. That's what set leaders apart is that they can feel the loneliness, but they can realize this is part of the call. Um, And it's important not to stay there. It's always important to gather around other leaders and gather around and have your tribe and talk and chat and hang out and find a good friend to debrief, all of that. But... You cannot escape the fact that leadership can be lonely. Number three is this. um, Gethsemane is the place where honesty is expressed. Honesty is expressed. Verse 41 says um, he he withdrew about a stone's throw and he prayed. um, And verse 42 says, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. See, Jesus, he's in this place of Um, he's in this place where he's in a battle, he's feeling lonely, Um, he's in this season, but in the middle of it all, he doesn't try and hide it, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't try and say, I'm macho, I've got it all together, everything is great. You know, whenever you show up to a conference or something and you're hanging out with all your other pastor friends or ministry friends or whoever, and and, (laughs) hey, how's church going? Yep, it's great, no problems, it's brilliant, you know, yep, we're up and up top up into the up into the right you know everything is great no in the place of leadership in the place of lonely season the gethsemane is a place where sometimes you got to be honest and express 
that honesty. See, Jesus, the Son of God, Savior of the world, beginning and the end, he was in all, through all, created all, and here he is expressing that he is struggling. He is expressing that he is having a difficult time moving to the next phase. He's saying, you know what, God, this is hard. This is difficult. Is there any other way? He is being honest in his lonely season. And I think it's only because he's honest in his lonely season, it it enables him to step into um, the, the fourth point here, which is submission. Submission is required. Submission is required, yet not my will, but yours. When you're lonely, man, when you're in that season of loneliness as a leader, and you're in the middle of the battle, and you're feeling lonely, and you're expressing your heart, at the end of the day, you need to stand up and say, God, not my will, but yours. This isn't happening the way I would like it to. This isn't happening what I thought would happen, but not my will, but yours be done. God, I trust you. God, I understand that my thoughts are nothing in compared to your thoughts, that my ways don't compare to your ways. God, I want to submit to where you're taking me. I want to submit to this right now. You know, if you want to do something significant for Jesus, you need to learn to submit to his way. You can't get God's result without following God's way. It's something that every leader must learn. And finally, if you do that and you have that submissive heart towards God, you can land on point number five, which is strength is received. Straight after he he submits, he's honest. He says, Father, if you're willing, take this cup away from me. He's being honest. He's expressing his heart. But then he submits to, to God, to his father's will. And he says, not my will, but yours be done. Immediately, verse 43 says, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. He receives the strength, a supernatural strength, the moments the moment he he embraces the battle the moment he expresses his his honest heart and the moment that he submits his will to god an angel appears and gives him strength can i say leader um uh whether you're a um a leader of a church or a youth leader or a kids leader wherever you serve in whatever place in life if you're a leader and you submit to God he promises that there will be strength provided he provides strength to the weary you know what i want to be a leader who doesn't um pretend everything's okay i want to be a leader that submits to God and receives strength from him. And he goes on and he passes that strength on. If we want a bonus number six, it's he passes on that strength. He, he, he passes on that lesson. He goes back to his disciples and he encourages them to get up, to pray that they don't fall into temptation. In other words, do what I just did. I prayed. I, I was tempted with the temptation of my own will of controlling my own life, but I prayed and I submitted and I, and I was honest and God gave me strength and he'll do that for you too. You know, as we step into this new season of, um, how church might look or how the world might look after coronavirus, you know what? We're going to enter into some new territory. We're going to enter into some new spaces. 
um, in church life, and that's always going to happen. Every every season, every generation is different. There's things that we don't do anymore that we used to do. It's not the method that is sacred. It's the message that is sacred. We all know that. But as we enter this new territory, we need to be leaders who embrace our Gethsemane, who embrace the battle, who who don't shy away from loneliness, who 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 are honest in how we are feeling, who submit to God's will and receive his strength. Thanks for being here today, guys. I pray that blesses you. Pray as we go into this new territory that God would strengthen you, that God would gather you around people, that God, you know, would uh, uh, um, send that angel, whether, probably not a real angel, but that he would just um, send his strength to you. Um, bless you, pray for you, pray for me. Um, church is going well. Um, I, I say that after being honest, but we are actually really enjoying this season and I'm praying the best for you as well. All right, guys, have a great week. Um, bonus episode, leaders and their Gethsemanes.